Nina, you've had some experience in understanding this sort of militia world. Does it surprise you that there, there are black people in this world? No, it doesn't at all. In my political reporting on mm -hmm. Trump back all the way back at the RNC in Cleveland when he came out of out as the nominee, there were black there are black Trump supporters. There look, there are black churches that are very conservative. They're homophobic. And uh, he, he says, I believe in mission. He's obviously completely brainwashed in the military sense. He's got this full on, I believe in mission. Whatever you're told to do, I believe in mission. I don't, who knows whether he's being paid or not. He's working for some security outfit. So yeah. maybe he makes money doing it. Yeah, I'm and sure he does make money. This is something that's concerned me since I've sort of known this information. Because my fear is that what would a racist organization do other than to call a black man their team leader and then blame it on him? Mm. It just, I don't want that to be the case. Yeah, and we don't know that's even approaching that, you know, but correct because we, we just don't know yet enough about correct. what the indictment says. But he did seem to have a leadership role there regardless. He, when you look at the amount of, of calls he made, there's the 214, he says on Zello's that members not on a mission. He's referring to a group of to other Oath Keepers. At 223, he asks all the others to meet at the Capitol steps, if I'm not mistaken. He has these 13 calls in total that he makes that day that he's part of the indictment and three calls each to Stuart Rhodes and to Joshua, Joshua James. I mean, certainly is a man of importance to that operation that day. It just seems like it's hard to avoid that, that, that conclusion. It is. According to the indictment, he's the first to say they've gained ground at the Capitol. We need to regroup our, our anybody who's not on mission. He put that message out to the channel. That message was not received by everyone until Stuart Rhodes, 11 minutes later, posted that as well. Interesting. Wow, what a, what a great uh, job you've done in collating all of that. That's a lot of very important detail and, yeah. and it's certainly someone that we've got to start looking at a lot more closely. Yeah, I want to be very clear and, and recognize the absolute extraordinary efforts of Deb the Wise. Fantastic effort. This doesn't happen without her. Okay. The open source investigators who have been working on this case are nothing short of remarkable. Mm -hmm. Every single day, uh, I get something from somebody who's just done an incredible amount of research and putting together this kind of detail that you wouldn't imagine anyone in the open source being able to get a hold of. But these days with face, facial, re facial recognition and, and so many other uh, smart people out there collaborating, you just see the power of the crowd in mm -hmm. developing these investigations and coming to these incredible conclusions. So kudos to you, Joe, and to Deb and to everybody else who's been involved in this because it really is tremendous work. Stick around because I'd love to end the show with both of you talking a little bit about Michigan first, Nina, and then just compare notes on where this militia movement is going and where the fight mm -hmm. of our life is going, as it were. But first, I got to take another break and I'll be back right after this. Hey everyone, it's Zev. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast and live show on Twitter and YouTube. This segment of the show is brought to you by Made In. Do you know how your favorite restaurants consistently make such delicious food? The short answer is that they have access to the right kitchen tools. It makes total sense. With Made In's professional quality cookware and kitchenware, anyone is capable of making restaurant quality food at home. Made In produces professional quality cookware and knives for those who love to cook. They source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup. Made In products are made to last and they offer a lifetime guarantee. Their cookware distributes heat evenly and can easily go from the stovetop to the oven and their knives are fully forged, perfectly balanced, and stay sharp. They have 28,000-plus five-star reviews, and their products are used by some of the world's 
best chefs at Michelin-starred restaurants around the world. Made in better cookware for better meals. Right now, Made in is offering our listeners and viewers, that means you, 15% off your first order with the promo code narrative n-a-r-a-t-i-v this is the best discount code anywhere online for made in products go to madeincookware.com forward slash narrative use the promo code narrative n-a-r-a-t-i-v for 15 percent off your first order that's madeincookware.com forward slash narrative no i've got to spell it for you you want me to spell it again i'm just joking uh, it's n-a-r-a-t-i-v if anyone needs to know uh, it's great cookware actually check out their pan the carbon steel pan is very good so neil you've been on the road you went back home and i remember you first raising this with me soon after that arrest was made when the michigan governor was threatened and at least an attempt to kidnapping her was being discussed and you said you wanted to go back home and figure out what was going on amongst your people really and see what what you can understand and so you that coronavirus ebbed enough for you to be able to do that recently. And so tell us a little bit about this trip that you took. Like you said, I'm from Michigan. I'm from the southeastern part of the state. So two counties over is where a lot of these governor kidnap plotters are um, are from. And they were doing their trainings in, in that area, count right near where I grew up. And I just, I read about it and I thought I'm a sucker for a, a ridiculous caper, which I mm -hmm. think at one level, that's what this is. But at another level, it's deeply sinister and dangerous. And, and furthermore, as a, as a news story, as a something that happened, that's happening in our culture, I feel like it was a precursor to 1-6 and that it kind of went off into an eddy in the news stream. But everything that these guys were doing and thinking and talking about was activated again on a larger scale in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. The assault on the Lansing Capitol with their weapons, and then following that, the fantasy nearly enacted of, 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 of arresting a, pol a political leader and either, either killing or ex executing or trying them for treason. You, know, you saw at one six. You see the the gallows outside of the outside of the the house. So this was something that was already going on, and, and I thought it's it's my home state, and it's the heartland. And what in the heck is going on in this country that the heartland is slipping towards fascism? I'm also from Illinois, and you can see Confederate flags flying over farms within not too far from Lincoln's the Lincoln shrines. They call them in Springfield, Illinois, where Lincoln is buried. So. So I went back and I, I went to the various towns where they're from, where many of the, the state-charged men are out on bail. Many of them are mm -hmm. tethered and living in their disarmed. The, uh, the federally charged, of course, aren't. One of them has pleaded guilty and the others are fighting. I just saw today some news. The defense lawyers are going to argue that the feds, because they had an informant, they had more than one informant, but they, their primary informant was this guy, Dan, who's an ex-military combat veteran, wounded Iraq war veteran who, who got into this because Facebook algorithmed him from his right. 2A interests into, hey, you might like this group. And it happened to be the Wolverine Watchmen, which, were, which is this little group of, I guess you would call them military cosplaying guys, although right. some of them were actual, the, the three of them are actual veterans. And then the rest of them are just, they just love it. It's like a fetish. And so he was provoked into that by Facebook's algorithm. He went and, and he soon recognized, wow, man, these guys are talking about killing cops. And he's a, he's a 
he's a conservative. He backs the blue. He is a he trains people to get concealed pistol licenses in in the state of Michigan. He's he that's what what his job was. And here he's here. No, that's I'm talking about the informant whose picture you will never see. This is Adam Fox, one of the one of the federally charged, and he's holding there an eight hundred thousand volt um stun gun or taser or whatever you call it, in in, in which he bought uh, a few weeks before he had planned, he and the rest of them had planned to go and uh, and get uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer out of her house, out of her vacation house, and either put her on a boat and float her out into Lake Michigan, or or hog, his fantasy was hog tying her, laying her out on a table and photographing it. So you get this whole, like there's this, this toxic masculine thing going on where these guys are from mm-hmm. the state of Michigan, top three office holders are female, it drives them nuts, and, mm. uh, and but they've already, it's this military cosplaying thing, but what the defense lawyers are arguing is that the informants pushed these men towards this kind of outlandish plot, and I think they're going to, they're going to try that. They're already today, they, there were more motions, but one of the top leaders of the group has already pled guilty and he is he does not want to be easy the interesting thing is you think of these guys when you look at their pictures they look like duck dynasty they're just they look like backwoodsmen but they're not all like that and this guy who pled guilty is from a very tony little he's an airline mechanic he had a nice job he's from a nice little kind of gated community type place outside it's not gated but it's that kind of a place you had to be vetted to live there to buy a house and he doesn't want to sit in prison. The, these federal charges, they're, they're going to be there for a long time. So he's turned and he's going to tell all. And I don't think that they're going to be able to get away with the, I mean, based on all of the records I've looked at so far, they have hundreds and hundreds of taped hours, audio of these guys plotting this and plotting it very meticulously using again some of the training that these military guys got which you could talk we could talk about that it's amazing that american soldiers are turning to the, using their the training that our taxpayer dollars have paid for to train people like this in their backyards and to go into the state capital of michigan because they were because they were locked down and they didn't like being locked down by this virus, which is nobody's fault that there's a virus running afoot. It's not Gretchen Whitmer's fault to go into the Capitol menacing with their AR-15s. And by the way, in these state capitals, it's true also in Texas, I've learned, it's legal to go into the state Capitol building with weapons, openly carrying weapons. Hmm. It is illegal to carry a sign into the state capital in Lansing and also in Austin. And I don't know how many other American state capitals, but apparently this is a thing. So the First Amendment right to express your opinion is actually been criminalized, but the Second Amendment right to carry a weapon has been celebrated to the degree that you can actually carry a weapon in to the gallery above these democratic lawmakers and the governor, if she was in there, who are the people that you've spoken out against and who you want to kidnap, execute mm. for treason or whatever they want to call it. So I learned a lot and I'm going to write wow. more about this. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a very, it's a very strange phenomenon, but it is, we're living with this. We're living it. And this is another reason why the people in the house, the federal government has to 
the state legislators are helpless. They, yes, the Texans were able to caravan themselves up to D.C., but the fact that they had to do that's like something that happens in the parliament of, of uh, Belarusia or something. That's how right? hopeless they were. They had to flee their state. I mean, it really is an indication you, of how hard it is. You read about that happening yeah. in the Slavic uh, t tyrannies. Absolutely. So the fact that they're doing that in Texas is uh, wake up. Yeah, I'm really struck by the this ecosystem that you're describing there of these QAnon people sort of being turned into militia members. I know he was the the informant in this case, but you can sort of view that happening on a, on a huge scale to ultimately recruit this army, this digital army or whatever they call it, that that MAGA has been able to pull together using this incredible psychological warfare. There's no other way to describe it. And then augmenting it with this real life ro role play that they seem to be doing. It's, uh, it's very distressing and it's very hard to see how you can even counter that because it seems to be so pervasive. I don't know. That, pic that picture that you're showing, I took that picture. That's right across the street from the, the office of the Barry County Sheriff. And he's one of those constitutional sheriffs. He's actually one of the guys who, he got kind of in trouble because right after the, right after these dudes got arrested for the Whitmer plot, he came out and said, they're just do, exercising their right to, to do a citizen's arrest. Mm -hmm. And he said it to Fox and then he backed up. But I went over to his office and tried to interview him because he's obvious and he knows something. And here is this door. He wouldn't come out, but here's a picture I took of his door. And if you can open that up a little bit, that's a Ronald Reagan uh, quote about how you have to fight for your freedom. But there's another sticker on the door that basically says, welcome to come in here if you have, uh, if you're carrying weapons. Mm. Your concealed carry or, or open carry is welcome in this building. Unbelievable. And can you imagine the irresponsibility of this? This is a state, a local leader, carry more guns and carry them into my office. Now, the court buildings in Michigan were not, they all had no weapon signs. But the state legislator, state legislators, again, this is all part of this menacing of public officials that is going to chill, has already surely chilled conversations, chilled free speech, chilled the willingness of people to run for office. I wouldn't run for office in that community if I was up against the people that, that, they, that they support yeah. who carry guns into these public buildings. You really get a sense of that chill in all of the in all the state politics where you just can't even be liberal or try to be liberal. Um, I love this picture as well that you did, Nina. These pictures yeah. are really phenomenal. They really are. They really are great photos. There's an actual town in Michigan called Hell, <laughs> and all and, and they live all around it. Okay. It's a nice town, though. I will say, I had a nice time there. I had a nice meal, Hell and nice. I met some great people. It's. There you go. That's really interesting. Joe, some of this must resonate with you and your research in, into one six. What are the threads you're picking up there? And, and, you know, and how, again, how insurmountable is all of this? Again, this messaging from the, to Nina's point about the sheriff, that resonated a lot because, again, I've been listening to a lot of what Stuart Rhodes says, and Stuart Rhodes talks a lot. So he's been talking about insurrection, and he's been talking about posse comitatus, and he's been talking about getting elected in your state and local areas and also within your sheriff's departments. So when he's out doing his Oath Keepers recruitment meetings and having conversations with local folks, he's talking about the sheriff's offices. He's talking about those who control the counties and those who can call up militias. He says the Oath Keepers isn't a militia, but he does an awful lot of recruiting for sheriffs to call militias up. Yeah, because they sort of view the sheriff as the big, the big law. I don't know how to describe it, but the ruling 
entity in their world. They don't accept the federal government rule over it. So the county sheriff, therefore, becomes the most important person around. So if they can elect them, they end up having a lot of power mm -hmm. that way. The yeah. same thing seems to be happening in school boards. This, this, the fight seems to be on a national basis for a lot of Democrats, but for the Republicans, it seems to be on a very local yeah. and state-by-state -state basis. And this whole the, the, the critical race theory has launched a whole you know, universe of, of fights in these school boards to take over these school boards. And you can see them setting this up for next November as this huge uh, issue for the elections, which you know, is going to be very difficult for the Democrats to counter again, because they're going to be a little bit late to the game. You know, any thoughts on that? Anything about the sort of the politics? Well, yeah, of the I state mean, all level? politics in the end, all politics is local. Mm. I'm from Chicago. Most of my early career was in Illinois. And that's where they knew how to run. They knew how to run those wards. There were people, precinct workers. It went right down to the block, city block by block. That's how you win elections, mm -hmm. and that's how you lose elections. And these some these small towns, if the progressives and the center are not as passionately involved as these other people are, you're going to lose. And it's really about the passion and the involvement level. And I say this with, as somebody who's never, ever thought about running for office, but I, uh, and I basically spent a lot of my career taking pot shots at corrupt politicians, but I feel like we need to salute and support these people because they are the only thing that stands between us and a very different kind of government and ultimately a very different kind of society. And to the point about being local, it's as though no matter what the messaging is, it's exactly the same. It always comes down to fear. And you talked about critical race theory and what that is. And that's sort of like the new hammer that the Republicans are trying to, to bring forward. From a Democrat's perspective, what's their message? What's their singular message? Right now, it seems, and I think Joe Biden had a pretty decent message this afternoon, but I think there needs to be something for everyone to rally around. Mm -hmm. And democracy right now is the thing to rally around. We do, in fact, have to start exposing what's, what are these indictments telling us? What exactly were the crimes committed on January 6th? What exactly are the things that are happening in the state and local areas like the sheriffs and, and, and what's happening in those counties? And how are people being suppressed on their local level in terms of the school board? Critical race theory is not being taught in schools. From K through 12, it just isn't happening. I think you, I'll be very brief on this. There's a law in Wisconsin that says, if you're convicted of a felony, you cannot own a firearm. There's a subset to that law that says, depending on the felony, so if you're involved in, let's say, embezzlement, there was a case that was brought that says, should I really have my firearm taken from me if I was involved in these crimes? That went straight to Amy Coney Barrett. And she was all very happy to say, I think that those people should be able to retain their guns. So look at the differences in crimes. If someone goes to a gas station and tries to, you know, rob a convenience store and uses a gun, they will know they will get arrested, they will go to jail, they will no longer have their firearm. But if you embezzle from a company and you take millions of dollars in insider trading or you do something from a white collar perspective, there's a difference there. And that's what critical race theory is being taught in law schools. In third grade, you're taught multiplication tables. You're not taught those things. Yeah, absolutely. It's true that it's not being taught in many places. But what you're underlining there is so important that the Democrats' message can't be about race. It will be partially, but it's got to be about fighting for democracy for everybody. This system is about to perish if they don't win the next election. And certainly the Republicans have a plan to 
abolish any sense of freedom that we've had in the past year. So this is what Joe Biden was talking about so forcefully today. I hope that message rings through as we end the show tonight. And Nina Berli and Joe Dempsey, I want to thank you both for being here tonight. Great reporting, Joe, and great to see your pictures and also hear your incredible story about your road trip back home. Nina, thank you so much for that and always for your insight about the politics of the day, which is always so prescient. So thank you so much. Thank you. Nice to see you. Nice to see you too. And I'll leave you with some Joe Biden as he closed his speech today from today's address. My fellow Americans requires fair-mindedness, devotion to justice, corny as it sounds, love a country, requires us to unite in common purpose and declares here and now, we the people will never give up. We will not give in. We will overcome. We will do it together. Guaranteeing the right to vote, ensuring every vote is counted, has always been the most patriotic thing we can do. Just remember, our late friend John Lewis said, freedom is not a state, it's an act. Freedom is not a state, it's an act. And we must act and we will act. For our cause is just, our vision is clear, and our hearts are full. For we the people, for our democracy, for America itself, we must act. God bless you all and may God protect our troops and all those who stand to watch over our democracy. But act. Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative.